G'day community and welcome to the Jock Reynolds Supercoach Podcast. I'm Lake Dog and I'm joined in person by the one, the only, the Patch. It is a pleasure to be gazing into your eyes, not through several computer screens. For it's a pleasure. It is. It's very exciting. It might, the audio probably sounds a bit janky because we're just using, we kind of just hacked this together, one mic, and we're sitting very closely to each other in a room. Snuggled. Nowhere to look away. Snuggled, some may say. My quota for eye contact has been met already. (laughs) Patch, we had a very exciting day. We did. We did. We got to go to the official launch of Supercoach on the Supercoach, which is what I call their big fancy bus. That we um, we got to hang out on and with um, while they they launched Supercoach, which was very exciting, very fun. It was. We were lucky enough to be joined by. I think there was a comp- bunch of competition winners. There was uh, the number or well, the top ranked female from 2020. Yeah, um, her name was Liz. She was she was great. She came seventieth in. 2020, she was 72 and only picked up Supercoach to have something to talk to her, like grandkids with, right? I yeah, know. Love that. Love that. So, M. Chalice, the winner from last year, was there. Some of the Dr. Supercoach boys were there. Um, Marcus was... from Supercoach Coach was yep. there. Marcus there was uh, there. quite a few people there. Yeah, it was nice. Al Payton was there. And, of course, um, some of the bigger names in not just Supercoach, but football generally. Right, you are talking yourself up very much right now, Patch. I mean, look, I did come down <laughs> just for the occasion, and I know you're all a bit blessed and, and starstruck chatting to me, but not as starstruck as, uh, as I was, or we were chatting to Lord Heath Shaw himself. Um, we spoke to Clayton Oliver. We spoke to Mason Cox, both craning our necks up very painfully to chat to the big fella. Yeah, and, well... Uh, Let's tell them what we did before we go to some of the little interviews we did, and once again, the audio might be a bit janky yeah, on those. The, the audio will be very janky, because I recorded it, and <laughs> yeah. we were on site, so uh, there'll be plenty of background noise, but you should be able to make out. We haven't listened to it yet, but I'm sure it'll be I'm sure it'll be, I'm be sure fine, it'll be yeah, fine. Yeah, until we get happen. to the edit, and it's a nightmare. Yeah, so this morning, Patch, we woke up bright and early. Um, 6am we left. That was too early, although we had a great sleep. Obviously, cuddled all night long. Um, headed into SEN Studios, where we were greeted by coffees and, and a giant Supercoach bus, the Supercoach. The Supercoach, as they were calling it. Uh, Danny McGinley, who people will know from doing the, the banners and stuff. Uh, he, did he used to do the banners for western bulldogs the meme banners oh that would have been him yes and then um was on game day and stuff like that so danny mcginley was the host of the event which was lovely and it was great essentially we sat on a bus and drove around to different parts of melbourne and picked up various football players yeah. um, which was super super fun yeah it was snazzy you know got to listen to david neitz talk about what he'd been doing and you know listen to heath shaw and izzy huntington from the bulldogs was there campbell brown um, andrew Camp- gaze my favorite andy Marr, who spent oh. who couldn't wouldn't stop talking which i loved because he was talking about carlton which was I, great but i could listen to andy Marr talk about carlton for a long time like i don't like listening to most people talk about carlton there's you and andy Marr, and they're the only two, two people i'll listen to about carlton for long periods of time well, um, and he could have gone man. for another hour, and I'd have been perfectly happy to sit there listening to him. I think he would have been perfectly happy going <laughs> for an hour. And we we got a photo with the uh, with the cup, the, the premiership cup, cup, the glowing green behemoth that is apparently worth ten thousand dollars. 
I was talking about the Premiership Cup for oh. AFL, but no, you're talking about a far more important yeah, the cup, more which important is prize. The, the one that I can maybe one day achieve. The Supercoach Grail. So that was the whole point of this, the Trail to the Grail. It's an additional prize if you win Supercoach this year. You get a big, giant, green, Holy Grail-esque um, yes. goblet. Go- goblet is a good word for it. Be- bejeweled and studded <laughs> with, with all sorts of crazy things. We did also see the, the AFL Premiership. Yeah. Cup for 2022, but... Had a wander around the G. Well, it was very lovely, but honestly, the Grail, the Supercoach Grail is what everyone was there for. Yeah. Um, and then and then we... Well, we saw Tom... Tom Lee, uh, who was... Who was... John Ralph was on the... John Ralph was on the bus. Tom Morris was on the bus, um, which was interesting. Ralphie was saying that Gibkiss is pretty much locked into playing most of the year for Richmond, which, defensive rookie alert, yeah. love that. Downside is he's 170k and will average 45. So, but he is alive. He's alive. He's likely to be playing, and that's exciting. You love to see it. Um, yeah, Tom Morris said he didn't have anything for us, but it was a good time, good chat. Um, I would have liked something. Would have liked something, but he'd come off. I think he'd been covering. Something that wasn't football for a cricket, few days. Cricket, I think, probably. He'd probably been doing cricket. I can't remember what he was talking about. We were distracted by all the other people that were there. Um, yeah, it was good. It was really good. Yeah, and then we arrived at the G, got a little bit of a tour, went onto the grass, had a look. Channel 7 were doing their launch there, so we were quickly ushered away to the uh, yeah. to outside where we did get to actually see the uh, Shane Wands. We did, um, yeah. The amount statue. of the amount of VBs and crownies on top of the like the pedestal was quite touching, almost. It was. Um, it was it's what the great man would have wanted, as well as the heaps of flowers at the bottom. Well, when I go, you can just put a bunch of sleeved Guernseys on my. Uh... Well, I don't have a statue, and I don't think I will. I'd like you'd, a statue. You've you'd, you've earned a statue. <laughs> a statue in you know my front yard, maybe. But yeah, I, don't, we don't have to specify where it is. Uh, so we walked past that, and then they had the launch, which was hosted by Kevin Sheedy and Heath Shaw, and it was a bit of a a handover of the Grail, I guess, from Sheedy, who was the first face of Supercoach many, many years ago. I remember reading those little tiny uh, magazines that used to buy with the Herald, with the paper to cost like an extra dollar, and you get this little yeah. handy handbook. Um, yeah, he handed things over to Heath Shaw, and then uh, Mike Robinson sort of ran it as well. So yeah. Lauren Wood was there as well. Um, very sweaty in the sun there. It was the, very uh, hot. In the, the big official Jock Reynolds uh, hoodie, the J-Rel hoodie, um, as it were. Uh, kept me warm in orange winters, which were you know negative degrees, and uh, 22 degrees in, in the sun. I was, I, was, I was a bit sweaty. A bit no, sweaty. It was a hot day, but it was, a, it was a lot of fun. We got to hang out with Al, who is a good friend of the pod, and... Good friend of all of us in Supercoach, Indeed. He? Indeed. We had a chat to him on mic as well. Um, oh, yeah, we, we did. We did. So we can, uh, we'll can um, we we'll play that for you, um, speaking just a little bit about what he's looking forward to this year and um, who he's looking out for with the, the positional changes as well. So uh, this is us having a chat to Al Payton from Superfooty. So, Al, looking to a very exciting year, 2022 Supercoach, or KFC Supercoach. Thank you. Um, the 
Uh, talk us through what, what you're most excited for with, with the swath of changes that have come in. Well, you've seen, uh, I think I saw you, uh, gents, actually this morning, got your hands on the magnificent uh, Holy Grail trophy up for the first time ever in KFC Supercoach. And uh, it's a pretty impressive uh, specimen it's, when you get a close look at it. It's big and green and covered in jewels and, my God, I want it. I want it on my mantelpiece. It would be uh, a talking point, we'll say. So, yeah, no, I'm very excited about that. But I like the, um, the trade boosts are going to be really exciting. I was, haven't quite figured out how I'm going to use them, but uh, we'll figure that out as we go. And the DPP changes is is one that I think has probably uh, been in the you know something that makes sense has made sense for a while. So it'll be be a good talking point coming you know round six, round twelve, thinking about who might get DPP and what, what that does for our teams. Have you got your eye on anyone with that DPP just yet? Uh, no, not really. I mean. Um, Pendlebury's one that you know we think will probably get it, and you know could be a good pick in defence. Mitch McGovern. <laughs> <laughs> well, I might be picking him anyway. The way uh, the way my forward line's looking, so yeah, uh, it's all a lot in, a lot up in the air with what eight or nine days to go. Yeah. Um, and are you able to like if I slip you a fifty? Can you code some rookies in for us, please, God? <laughs> Just trying to add a few. Yeah, and I was like that, but yeah, it's it's thin on the ground. I think. I don't remember a season where my team's been this up in the air, this close to round one, because it's really hard to even get your structure right without knowing which rookies are going to play. So I might have to pick a few, couple of different versions of the team and then, you know, really just roll with it in round one as the teams are named. Um, if the Bulldogs and Melbourne teams come out and Arthur Jones is picked, then all of a sudden, you know, it opens up a whole new world of uh, possibilities. But, yeah, it's really tricky this year. This morning, Tom Morris said to us that Gibkiss is going to play pretty much every match I mean is a 170k key defender someone we should be looking at because we might have to well I mean the obvious answer is no but I mean maybe um probably not if you want to score any points or make any money but you know I've got Paddy McCartan on my field at the moment in defense you know someone like Mitch Hinge um has gone down with injury nearly every time he's stepped on an AFL field so you probably want someone on the bench who is actually playing because if uh if one of those guys goes down and then you're looking at Charlie Dean or or uh, Nathan O'Driscoll, and that's probably my uh, bench players at the moment in defence, and neither of them might even be getting a game. So um, just for insurance, Gibkiss might be one we have to look at. Yeah. Thanks so much, Joel. We're being ushered onto the bus, but um, <laughs> yes, the, we'll let the you super go. Coach. The super coach. And, um, yeah, we'll catch you during the year. Best yeah. of luck. Yeah, it's been awesome. Thanks, guys. There we go. That was, um, that was Al Payton, um, super coach extraordinaire. Lovely human as well. Lovely just, human. Just a good egg. Um, I'm also stuck on surge trade searches or whatever they're called yeah. <laughs> I, I have no idea what i'm gonna do with them yeah i know i'll use one after round three like that's locked in of like you get the extra trade to help fix your team and maybe the week after um but i think by and large i'll be saving them until like i feel like the moment will come where we're like no we i need this now yeah if that's a a covid delay or if it's a the bye weeks or whatever it is i feel like yeah, save them until you know you need them. And then if you get to the stage where it's like, oh, I didn't actually... No, I've got four of them left and there's six weeks left in the season, then I'll start using them. But I, I don't think we'll get to that point. I so don't see... don't use one in round two to get a zero on field for, oh. a, for a bench rookie? Like, dog, no. You know that's no, going to happen, right? I... You know everyone's going to waste them. I know, and that's why I'm saying, you know, you'll know when the time is and... That should be a Wednesday. That should not be a Saturday. Being oh shit, somebody scored a hundred on the on the bench, and I need to get them on field. Don't no no. That's <laughs> not what we're doing. Not what we're about. Um, but yeah, they'll be really interesting, and I feel like we'll have a discussion about them kind of as we lead into the into the season. 
Um, but I think, yeah, you can lock in being able to have three trades after that second week. Yeah. Which is really exciting. No, it'll be good. And there's DPP changes, obviously. That's the big one. So L spoke about that. And maybe a guy like Scott Pendlebury comes into our team at some stage. Um, Mitch McGovern. Mitch McGovern. Well, he's a lock anyway, apparently. I mean, I'm in. I've locked him in and I don't feel great about it. Um, the uh, the next thing I wanted to touch on is we, we had a chat to... to the man, Heath Shaw himself, the face of Supercoach. We did. And Patch, you asked him one of the hardest hitting questions I think that <laughs> has ever come across his table. Um, so listen along for that because he gives some great insight into his time playing and and sort of lets, lets us know what to look out for if we're looking for the next Heath Shaw, the next person who's going to get us some cheap little seagull kicks around the ground. Yeah, the, next, the next double ton off a halfback flank against the Western Bulldogs while playing for the Giants. Anyway, listen to what Heater had to say here. How are you feeling throughout the year? Super coach year. Well, I've, I've, I don't know. Like last year, I set the bar very low. Yeah. Um, I think I was like 150,000 or something like that. Uh, so room for improvement. And I think um, there's no doubt that I'll improve on that because I'm putting a bit more effort in. I'm going to go. In terms of yourself, obviously, wonderfully decorated career. Um, what's the, the highlight for you? Was it the, the premiership or was it scoring 200 against Western Bulldogs in 2016 in, in a super coach game? What what? Neck and neck. Neck and neck. Premiership, like, I, I got a kick. I wasn't that good in that grand final, but I got a few kicks. But like, when, you, when, you, when you knock up the 200, it's a pretty good effort. And I don't know, I think it was a record amount of kicks, 100% efficiency. Like, not that I know all the stats of it, but it was a pretty good day out. You know all the stats. Yeah, it was a pretty good day out. I did. I think I did tweet afterwards that I need a new, uh, a new right boot because that yeah. one was worn out because I had so many kicks that day. But um, no, it's like, there's some big games and, um, and super coach... At the start, when I first started playing, I didn't really pay a lot of attention to it. After a couple of years, we got into it hardcore yeah. at Collingwood um, and definitely became a part of uh, the week-to-week. Yeah, is it something that the boys would, like, jeer themselves up about it, you know, at half-time, kind of saying, oh, you're on track for a big one? Would it be sort of something you'd actively discuss or just kind of in the background a little bit? Well, the funny thing is the stats are on the scoreboard, so you know how many stats you've had. So yeah. you know if someone needs to lift, if you're in the top sort of eight, um, and then... Also, Swanee used to check his uh, Supercoach um, stats at halftime as well. There's no doubt about it. When you're allowed to have phones in the locker rooms, back, you're not allowed back, anymore. Back in the good old days. So back in the good old days, he used to check him, see how he was going and see how his team was going as well. Yeah. So, um, just um, like, definitely well, part of it. Is there any way that we can identify players who will be boosting their own stats? Because there's, there's stat patterns out there. How do we find them? It's Well, if you watch any of the preseason games, it's the old... Um, it's, there's two of the, the old Heath Shaw tricks. You kick out from fullback, obviously, step outside the square, yeah. and, and there's a stat for you. Oh, is that Cummings taking that mantle off me? And he's doing it very, very well at the moment. Um, and then the old wrap around the back. Get the handball. The, the midfielder or the halfback who can pick where the, the tall is, most likely the ruckman, and get around the back for a handball. Um, they're the guys you need to look because they're definitely looking to boost stats. Um, and they know where to find it as well. That's the smartest way to go about it. Yeah, because uh, you mentioned Isaac Cumming. Has there been anyone else that stood out as a, a top quality stat patter or or someone that's got the hunt for for the pill? Um, oh, mate, to be honest, most most halfback flankers who kick out from fullback are the ones who are going to like, boost your stats. And they're there, to, like the guys that are running and, and trying to beat their teammates to pick up the ball from behind the goals and kick out. They're the ones you want in your team because you know they've got they've got. In the back of their mind, they're like, there's, there's, there's some stats and there's some points. Yeah. Anything else? No, nah, just um, I reckon if you if you get some Gold Coast defenders in your team, it'd be good because the ball would be down there a lot. <laughs> Ripper, thanks, Peter. Appreciate it, mate.
There we go. That was Lord Heath Shaw himself having a chat to us outside the hallowed MCG. But there was one question we didn't, actually two questions we didn't ask him. The first one was what he felt about the Heath Shaw rule, which was introduced in Supercoach um, after his uh, indiscretion behind the wheel of, I don't know if he was behind the wheel or Alan Dardak was behind the wheel. Anyway, suspended for about eight weeks after everyone had traded him in and you couldn't reverse trades. That was, you know, after that, they, they instigated the reverse trade button. Um, we didn't ask him about that because it was a little bit of a, a interesting time in his career. But also, Lek, you had something you wanted to ask him but weren't quite game enough to to his face. What was it? Look, I, look, I've asked, I've asked the team at Supercoach to, to bring this up with him a few times. It hasn't come up yet, and I didn't want to bring it up. I didn't want to ruin a great day. Um, but, yeah, I just want to know why he blocked me on Twitter. I just want to know. I've gone through the history, and if you could all go through my history and find maybe what I've said, these, sure. I'm pretty sure it's all positive. But I didn't want to... I, look, A, I didn't want to, you know, take away from the, the moment that was the Supercoach launch, and B... You know, I'd, I'd hate for him to feel bad about blocking me and, and knowing that he's missed out on so much great insight and content over the years. Incredible content. Um, but also, I have no doubt you probably deserved it. Oh, definitely. I, the, the amount of times I've been this close to blocking you <laughs> uh, myself has been in the ac- hundreds. I've actually had people in real life like come up to me and go, hey, I think you need to take it easy on Essendon. <laughs> I'm like, okay, all right, yeah, I'll turn yeah, it they're down. Not, they're not wrong. <laughs> they're not wrong. But, uh, yeah, that was a chat to Heath Shaw. Pleasure to have a chat to as well. He was, um, good, yeah, he was lovely. Good, good sport, um, despite sweating it just as much as I was in the green Supercoach tracksuit. He was struggling for a bit there as well. Now, um, a man who, who, who was also struggling um, a little in the heat, and you could tell, big Mason Cox. Mason Cox. Who I you know we sort of grabbed and he had no idea who we were or what we were doing, but he seemed nice enough to talk to us. He was willing to sit there for two minutes and, and have a chat about Collingwood because obviously there's a, a lot of relevance there. And despite the fact that he you know didn't really put too much stock in Supercoach or really know that much about it, um, he was still keen enough to, to have a chat, especially about some of the younger players and you know looking at, at their backline as well. So um, yeah, listen to the the gorgeous drawl of the Texan. How are you feeling going into this year? Because obviously you've, you've got the new shades, which have been talked about a lot, but um, is it actually helping you with your footy? Yeah, it's a different look. Uh, don't get me wrong. But, uh, yeah, I think it's a, it's a fresh look for the club in general. Uh, we've got a lot of new people, new coaches, new you know, game plan, everything else, and I think we'll be taking contests online and trying to get more forward footy than um, probably the last year. But, yeah, it'd be, I think it will kind of work forward or forwards and be able to get the ball into side 50 more often and, um, have chances to be able to have shots on goal. Yeah, a lot of young kids doing a lot of really cool stuff down there. Who's caught your eye over the the off season? Um, obviously, everyone's going to talk about Nick Dacos. He's a he's an absolute gun. But um, I'll give a shout out to a guy that not so many people, I guess, probably have talked about is Charlie Dean, who unfortunately has hurt his foot uh, recently in the uh, preseason game or practice match game, I guess, against Hawthorne. He He's been really impressive. Um, he's done a lot of stuff with myself and a lot of the other bigs and stuff, and being able to play that position as a key key back and. Um, yeah, he's, he's learned a lot. He's very, very much a, a person that asks questions and wants to learn, wants to get better. And uh, it's impressive whenever a guy that's that young wants to, you know, have, has that drive to want to do better. And um, yeah, he's definitely been someone who's, who's definitely caught my eye over the preseason. Yeah, you got Reef McInnes and Finn McRae as well that haven't played a lot of footy just yet. How, how are they looking? Um, yeah, they're looking good. They're, um, Reef's going really well. Uh, Finn's going really well. Finn played yesterday for 
probably his first kind of, I guess, like kind of proper AFL level um, experience, I want to say. I'm not really 100% sure if he's played an AFL game. Um, I'll, you'll, have to, you'll have to fact check that. <laughs> um, but no, Reef's going really well too. He's, um, he's put a bit of size on both of them. And um, I think whenever you're first, second year player, a lot of that's just getting bigger and getting into your body into AFL shape and you know, being able to, to get your, um, you know, your bench and your squats and everything else up to be able to build your body to, to be AFL standard. And uh, Reef's done that. He's put in the extra work. He's, um, he's going really well. And um, I think the biggest thing is these guys are going to get opportunities during the year and it's just making most of it whenever it comes around. One uh, last one from me. Scott Pendlebury, he looks like he's been playing more of a defensive role this year or behind the ball. What sort of leadership is he bringing back there and um, do you want to just speak to how that affects the rest of the team? Yeah, Scott's, I mean, obviously he's a, probably the, one of the, I don't want to say the greatest because I know that's always going to be a bit of a, a comment, but one of the greatest that's ever you know, played for the club and um, he is the leader of I mean, he's been the captain for I don't know how many years and he's um, that's what he's kind of known for is his his innate ability to be able to bring you know drag people along with him and you know hold himself to a high standard so yeah I think from the back line obviously I guess defense wins championships so um, it's probably a little bit less running for him too so he's probably happy about that but um, yeah he's just becoming a leader there that has the ability to to be able to kind of come from that the back inside of the field and be able to move it forward I think someone who's you know got the skills like he does and has the ability to to see the game the way he does um, it's it's really good for us to be able to set up defensively and it's very important for us as a team Thanks, mate. Thanks, mate. Really appreciate that. Well, Patch, that was uh, lovely to have Mason Cox join us for a few minutes. He was actually... uh, He he gave us less straight bat answers than he gave the media, which was nice. Yeah, it was really nice. And nice to hear him talk about some of those younger players as well, who, you know, we heard a little bit about, but nice to hear it from somebody who's on the ground and and seeing them and not in that kind of leadership position where they're, you know, Penderbury's trying to pump them up and manage the message. And Coxie was just saying, no, they're, they're just good. Yeah, um, the um, I mean, I, I don't know if McInnes plays round one, but that's another one twenty three k mid that we can yeah. look at later in the year. Charlie Dean, when he's back, sounds like they really like him down there. He, he'll be a mid season target for us. Yeah, but it sounds like there's there's some options for us. And hey, big Mason Cox, he's got the glasses on now, the sunnies, so he he, he can see. Which is helpful when you're playing football. It is, yes, it is. And I think I was the, the you know the fifth or sixth person to ask him about the sunglasses on the day. So we didn't go into it too much, as much as I wanted to, you know, to talk about it. But the fact that he can actually see the ball might probably make him a better footballer. Well, I, um, I was really in- interested. Apparently, he's had so many surgeries in his eyes that one of the retinas doesn't open or close. It just stays the oh, same. okay. So that's why he's wearing the glasses. There's all different lenses in, and he's got like 13 pairs of these things. Yeah. So... Uh, that's interesting. I just found it interesting. We're not picking Mason Cox in no, coach. No, we're not. But I don't know. He's an interesting character, and my God, I love his accent. Yeah. And yeah. just a, a lovely human being as well. He was. Um, Another lovely human being, Patch, was uh, was reigning best and fairest in a premiership year, Clayton Oliver, who actually took some time out to talk to us about Melbourne. Yeah, exactly. It was, um, yeah, really interesting and lovely for him to just take a few moments. Also another one that hasn't really jumped into fantasy football much or knows too much about the game, but he knows about football and that's that's enough for us. So listen to uh, to what he had to say to us here. Yeah, how, how are you feeling heading into the year? Obviously coming off the premiership, how's it, how's it going on the track for you guys? Yeah, boys are boys are fine at the moment. Uh, except for the few PBs at the D's, so boys as few as I have ever been. Um, training pretty well. I think too many boys missed too many sessions, so yeah, coming here pretty good. Hopefully, you get a few defenders back in round one and prime for another big year. Beautiful. Max Gorn 
Um, obviously one of the best players in the game and best players to watch. Um, Luke Jackson, very young and exciting and up and coming. How do they split the ruck this year? Because they're both you know, so good in there. How much of a split do you reckon they'll be and, and which way will it go? Honestly, no idea. I play, I play mid, so it's not my position. Um, whoever's in there, though, um, they're both unbelievable. Gorny, Gorny, yeah, probably one of the best players in the league, if not the best. Um, and then Doggers, probably one of the up-and-coming stars, so... Um, yeah, I don't know what, what the go is there. Um, it's what has been happening, I guess. Whatever, whatever works in the granny, is probably stick to. Have you got any young... You guys play a lot of young players, despite, you know, winning the flag last year. Is there any young guy that's taken the next step this off-season, you think? Yeah, Tommy Sparrow and uh, Jimmy Jordan. There's two, basically, sort of like me and, me and Track. There's two young young fellas, best mates. Um, yeah, they're, what, 21 now, 22. Um, they've been flying on the track this year. Um, yeah, couldn't really do too, too much more, fizz they, fizz they can be, and yeah, Tommy Sparrow's been dominating. Um, he's probably a bit more midfield time machine, he'd be, yeah, be a good player. I've got a self, one quick selfish question for you. I'm a Blues supporter. We obviously won our premiership last week against you guys, yeah, uh, our premiership for the year. Yeah. Yeah. Um, was there any surprises for you, like from an opposition, anyone that stood out to you? That, um, yeah. Everyone talked about Matt Kennedy, how, how good he played, but he was my draft and I've always always a great player. He was a GWS and he was kick seven. He was pretty high. Um, I thought he'd been a gun the whole time. He's had a few injuries here and there and a few setbacks. So he's sort of come to um, Carlton and sort of looks fit as he ever have. And um, yeah, he, he played really well the night. Um, yeah, the whole the whole midfield, Carlton, they, they torched us. Um, we still got Walsh come back, so pretty handy. Just for the record, all Carlton supporters have been waiting for them to actually play Kennedy because he's a gun. But anyway, yeah, he's, I he's a gun too. Yeah. yeah, so I've always yeah, ready to play. Thanks, thanks, mate. Really appreciate it. Thanks, mate. Nice to meet you. So no clearer on the rucks. No. <laughs> the rucks. No, play. it was an interesting answer. Of I don't play in the ruck, despite him <laughs> spending a lot of time at their feet. Um, Who's hitting him the ball? Who's hitting him the ball? But anyway, I get that they're you know trying to play their cards a little bit closer to their chest and yeah, but yeah, we we're no closer to that answer, which I would have loved out of him. But um, but he did he did note a couple of um, I mean, obviously he spoke to the media earlier, said Christian Petrarca is the best player. He thinks he's the best player in the league. Um, but he noted two names: Tom Sparrow and James Jordan as the mm. the two guys to watch out for as the next. Uh, Melbourne duo or the next developing players. And... Well, he, he did compare them to you know himself and and Christian Petrarca as well in that they're you know they're they're roommates or housemates. They're you know great friends. They're playing similar positions, um, and yeah, that's a really interesting highlight there. Perhaps you know not for for classic this year, but if you're hunting around in drafts, that's a, about as big as an endorsement as as you could get. Yeah, and Sparrow's a, a particularly interesting one. Obviously, Jordan last year was a really good cash cow for us in the in the midfield. But Sparrow, for those looking for maybe a a sneaky little late round draft pick, um, as you said in draft, he's forward mid eligible, and you know at two sixty two k, he might even become fantasy salary oh, relevant. Geez. I mean, it, that's how bleak it is. Yeah, um, that you know we're considering that price point, but. Yeah, I, I don't know. It's, it's um, interesting to watch them. I feel like that would be a corrective as opposed to a starting selection, but um, certainly one certainly one to keep an eye on. Yeah, but who knows how much we can trust Clayton Oliver because he did say that he didn't think he'd be a very good scorer in Supercoach. That's true. And he's okay. a very good scorer in Supercoach. He's, he's all right. He's all so. right, you know. Um, there are worse scorers in Supercoach. Yes. Um, 
but we did also chat to the very best scorer in Supercoach for the whole of last year as well. We did. M. Charles, the number one Supercoach mama, the winner last year. The winner last year, who was in her tracksuit. Um, her Swans tracksuit. As everyone kept saying. <laughs> everyone kept saying, oh, you're a Swan supporter. And she got, understandably, quite quite <laughs> distressed by people saying that in the, uh, the red and white KFC tracksuit. But jeez, um, she, uh, she did well to wear it all day in the heat. And, she did. Um, she, she's a lot of fun. She's great. She, she just, she's great. Big fan. Um, well, so we had a chat to her and, yeah, kind of picked her brains for about five minutes about what she was thinking, and here you go. 2022 Supercoach, how are we feeling coming off the Premiership hangover? Is it, are you expecting to, to bounce to bounce back or? Back to back, back to back, back. No, um, I'm feeling, I'm just really, really happy that I won, to be honest, because last year was just amazing and maybe a bit of a fluke, but <laughs> no, I was just, yeah, I'm just going with it and just, make sure I enjoy it this year because it got a bit stressful obviously I didn't really enjoy the last month for obvious reasons which um something fifty thousand dollars in a track set on the line I don't know what you're talking about <gasps> yeah no it was yeah uh, the last the last round I actually didn't get any sleep this set the last set the Saturday night um anyway but I'm hoping to enjoy it and have fun and yeah just um yeah and, uh, and you know encourage people to play and women to play and um, and just, yeah, just be, just be out in the community still and just, yeah, super coach still. I love it. I love it yeah. still. Yeah. And, and on that, it's obviously a, always has been kind of a, a male dominated field. Is it nice to, cause we got to meet Liz today who finished 70th in the, you know, the highest ranked women in 2020. Has it been nice to kind of have, have there been a few that have come out the woodwork since yeah. you've won? Yeah. No, it's, there's been heaps that have been really supportive and really like, oh, you know, I want to do what you do, and and even people who don't play, like, oh, you know, I should do super coach, and I'm, yeah. So no, it's great, but it's never been my intention was to be, you know. You just wanted to win fifty k. That's what you wanted. I just wanted to play super coach. Like, who who literally says I'm going to win fifty k? Who literally like? Yes, it's a dream. I've said did... it many many times actually. <laughs> uh, it hasn't happened yet. Not quite. I'm about fifty thousand off winning fifty thousand. Um, yeah, no, it's, it's, um, it's very crazy, but, um, yeah, but I'm definitely, I'll take it as a woman, as a mum, you know, if that encourages people to do, because it's a fun game and frustrating as all how sometimes, but no, it's, it's fun. It's good. Now, your other love, other than winning Supercoach, is the Geelong Cats. How many are in the team for 2022? Uh, <laughs> currently one um yeah not many cats i've had tom stewart he's in and out of my team um he's not playing tonight because of uh he has a baby on the way but um he's been in and out of my team um and i've just he's not out of it because yeah he's not there at the moment because i need there's no rookies and i need money desperately for these expensive rookies so um and i've got to coning on my bench at the moment but he could play crap and we could see him for 11 minutes tonight and then he'll be out so not many cats um this year do we do we see a revitalization of that midfield because it's obviously you know got some age behind it dare i say it with the cats but do, do they do they get your um your um cooper stevens and um 
what's the other Mark one they've O'Connor. got? Mark O'Connor. Mark O'Connor. Mitch <laughs> Nevitt. <laughs> do we do we get some youth and some rookies through that midfield, if not oh, round one, so. sort of through the year? Yeah, I really hope so. Because we drafted mid, like Geelong. It was a really midfield draft anyway, but Geelong just just drafted midfield, midfielders, and I think they are realising that we do have a gap because Joel Sale would look. He's only probably got a year or two, um, and um, but hopefully, and hopefully, like someone like Parfit, or who was in my um, Jock Reynolds, oh, it was a hard, it was a hard article to write because <laughs> literally, because you know, like must have. I am, I literally felt like writing saying no one, no one is a must have. <laughs> Move on. Do not select any Geelong players unless no one really does a lot of value and they're injured so like just just ignore this Geelong section and I'm like rookies yes um but Parfit was my breakout but he he if he gets you know if he gets his body right um and then if you've got Duncan um pushing in the midfield like forward midfield Menegola if Dangerfield actually does plays what 18 games in a row that would be amazing so um, I still think yeah but hopefully we get some more that younger younger guys um. the name I was thinking of by the way wasn't Mark O'Connor it was Max Holmes who yes, you did Max mention oh, yes, I did. you did mention yeah. someone you like who I think is a, a very interesting player oh, he is and I'm really hoping for job security um, yeah Max Holmes is definitely someone I like and of course we cannot not mention Brad Close, who's oh, favourite. The who's long a, sleeves. The long Brad sleeves, Close. yes. Oh. Man after like, our own heart. Yes, um, and I was just saying to Marcus, um, who, yeah, he's a Geelong supporter as well, um, and he's not underrated in Geelong. He is, he is rated. <laughs> Brad Close yeah. is rated. We love him. So, yeah. Beautiful. And then just very quickly, leaving Geelong, um, who else are you looking at and interested by this preseason? Other than Geelong, outside of Geelong, outside Geelong, there are seventeen other teams allegedly. <laughs> um, I keep hearing about them. Have you got any players from them you're you're excited by? Oh, uh, yeah, no. Well, Butters, I've I've got I've been rubbed off. Yeah, JB from um, yeah support supporter. I, I'm really on the Butters train. I've I do think Dunkley is showing that he's going to go back to his older role and that you can't not select him. Um, I'm really really struggling with midfielders but still McRae are locks Neil's a locks I'm on the Took train now on the Took train Ooh, oh I love it I love it I'm on the Took train don't tell Oliver I literally had Oliver in my team just in case I saw him just in case he asked me about my super coach <laughs> team which he wouldn't but now I've got to get him out and put Took back in but why Took why Took over over Clay Clay uh, I just feel like Took has I don't know he has a lot more Upside, I do plan to get Oliver, but um, because Took actually had a little role change, a bit of like Jack Steele like in round six, less less lockdown midfield, more um, pure, you know, pure midfield where he was allowed to let go. He scored 16 consecutive tons from tons. round six. So tons in a row. he's actually value, believe it or not. Heard it here first. <laughs> Heard it here first. Radio. Thank you, Em. Thank you for joining us. Thank you. Best of luck for 2022. And don't forget us when you go back to back. So, Patch, I'm no... I mean, amazing story. And I'm I'm so glad that she won. But uh, in terms of Supercoach for this year, I'm still not sold on any cats. I do think Max Holmes is a name to watch, but he's not going to be salary relevant at his awkward price and with so many question marks. But I think he's just... There's something about him that I quite like. Yeah, I, when when they drafted him, it, sound, it felt like they jumped on him a bit early, and I was kind of uh, athletics background is at a 
a situation where they've drafted a kid and drafted an athlete trying to turn them into a footballer or as opposed to drafting a footballer and making them fitter and stronger or whatever it is. But the Cats have got the runs on the board on that front in that they've done it with Blissavs and, um, you know, it looks like they're doing it with Holmes as well. So, um, yeah. yeah, he's one to watch in the future. Um, yeah, interesting. She's still having an eye on Tom Stewart as well, who, you know, we've both kind of put a line through just from the, the flat, no exceptions rule of, of if they haven't had a full preseason, I'm not interested. Yeah, yeah, and he's too expensive <laughs> for he's, me. Well, also that. I think he's got room to fall. Uh, but uh, yeah, I, I don't imagine Em will end up picking him. It's hard to pick someone who you haven't seen in a proper preseason match. Forget mm. the, you know, the preseason niggles and all that sort of stuff. If you don't see him play beforehand, it's really hard to pick him. It is, yeah. Um, it is. But yeah, no, she's a yeah, very good chat too. I'm very interested to see you know what she comes up with in terms of her side, but it sounds like she's as up in the air as the rest of us are. <laughs> yeah. Well, let's just hope, well, by the time people have heard this, Geelong will have played. I hope Sam DeConnan kicked 10 goals. Or <laughs> I don't well, even know what position he plays. full back, that'd be, uh, <laughs> that'd be a hell of an effort from him. Um, but yeah, I'm intrigued by how that goes, but obviously... People listening will know that because it's the future. It's the future. It's the future. Um, but yeah, that was that was our day basically, just wandering around and, and being treated to some croissants and listening to to a lot of you know very entertaining people talk about football. Yeah, no, it was lovely. It was awesome to spend some time with you. Um, also, that worth noting if you're listening to this at release in a couple of days. There will be an article in the Herald Sun, the latest preseason whispers. Damo and myself are doing that one. So that'll be up for your perusal. I think that'll be behind a paywall. So if you can, I think you get access if you sign up for a free trial to Code Sports. I believe that's how it's working. Um, and also, that means you get access to Code, who are doing pretty snazzy stuff. There's honestly. some snazzy things on there. Um, really interesting features and But now it sounds like well. we're shilling for them. We don't get any of No, we don't get this. any of this. I just, just I just like them. They're yeah, cool. Yeah, it is a service we actually use, which is, I know everyone says when they are shilling, but we're not. <laughs> we're not shilling. God please code hello like yeah, give us we money. Will. We, <laughs> we will shill. Um, if you think this is shilling, wait until you hear us actually getting paid for something. <laughs> And then um, there'll there, there'll be more written content. Team reveals are going to start to drop on, oh God. on the Jock Reynolds website. I can't, I can't do a team reveal. I don't have a team. No, that's why we put ourselves <laughs> last in the order. I don't think I... I think Damo's put me to the front this year. Oh, Damo's in charge, so <laughs> I... Mm. Well, keep an eye on jockreynolds.com.au. There's plenty of stuff happening there, Patch. Thank yep. you for joining me. No worries. A pleasure to see you in person, and no doubt we will... Um, converse for another pod before the season begins as a final panic panic pod oh yeah we'll be panicking um, so yeah stay tuned for that and yeah keep keep popping over to the old website arena or find us on twitter which is where i feel like i live <laughs> these days sometimes all right go blues go dons